And unfortunately, you can Google and there'll be many names, big names. People did some wonderful things for God and it ended in horrible tragedy. And you're thinking, man, what happened there? Bringing it home uh, to, to myself, there was a church, uh, one of our sister churches, a great man of God. Every time you went to this church, uh, you know, it was, it was happening. There was things happening. People getting married, people getting saved, baptized. The church was on fire. It was growing. And, and then it came out that the pastor was having an affair with some young girl. And you're like, what happened? Because this thing I'm about to talk about uh, isn't just reserved for, you know, okay, you've been saved six months, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack you. If you make past six months, then I, I'm not going to touch you anymore. No, no, no. You could be six months. You could be six years. You could have ministry. You could be married for decades. But this, this thing we're going to talk about is still a problem. And that's why I think it's, it's pertinent to speak about it this evening because as I look out of the, the people here, there's people who have uh, served in Christ for many different uh, lengths of time, uh, but we all uh, can fall foul of the scandal on. One more story. Um, there was one friend of mine. He um, told me of a, a, a young man that was at his workplace um, who was just openly, openly homosexual. He just openly, that was, that was how he functioned, that's how he worked. Uh, um, and, and my friend is, is married, um, and he kept on speaking to, to him in a flirtatious way. And he's like, bro, two things. Number one, I don't, I don't play that game, number one. And number two, I'm married. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's just no, it's not happening, okay? Just, nah, don't do that before I start to get angry. That's what, he, that's what he's, he didn't get angry, God bless him. <laughs> but Amen. But one thing that, that, that stood out to the story, it, it, it kind of shook me up, was the guy said, don't worry, I'll wait. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The guy said to him, he said, I know you're married. I know you don't play that game. I know you go to church. But I'm willing to wait. <laughs> Church, that shook me up. That, 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 that got to me a little bit because you understand, this is a picture of the enemy. Can you say amen in this place? He's able to bide his time and say, don't worry, you can go to church. Come on, sing your songs. Yes, you've been married for a decade. Okay, cool. But I'm willing to wait. I want to preach to you a sermon of entitled, Beware of the Scandal on. Come on now. Because think about what he's saying is, he's, you know, he says, listen, I'm going to be there. When you fail, I'm going to be there to pick you up. He says, listen, when you mess around and, and lose focus, I'm going to be there to take you by the hand. Come on, when you mess around, you're playing to, you know, when you just, the, the line is there, you're just a little bit close to the line, a little bit. He's going to be there to push you over. That's what this person is saying. And he's saying, listen, I've heard, I understand this is where you want to go, but I'm willing to wait. And it gives you a picture. You know, when I heard that story, the friend, my friend told me that story, it drove me back to Genesis and drove me back to a story of two brothers. And we're going to read their story. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation version. We're going to get some understanding of what happened so that we can avoid it. Can you say amen in this place? Okay, chapter 4, verse number 1 in our, in our text. The Bible says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. 
Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. Uh, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops uh, as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift to the best uh, portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. Then the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Church, I want to talk to you about the nature of sin. The characteristics of this disease that entered the world through one man. Now this is applicable no matter what kind of uh, journey you have in the Christian walk. Uh, This is applicable to each and every one of us this evening. Uh, And we need to understand and get a revelation of this so we can successfully navigate uh, this journey and we can be the men and women that God has called us to be. Can you say amen in this place? The first thing I want to look at, we're going to break down this, uh, this scripture, very familiar portion of scripture. We know that uh, uh, Cain went on to kill his brother, the first murder and so on. We, we know this story. I want to kind of break down how it went down um, so we can analyze it um, and we can learn from the mistakes made. You know how many of it's better to learn from other people's mistakes? Come on now. <laughs> Listen, don't learn always from your own mistakes. Learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, and that's why when I look at these stories, I'm thinking, what happened there? Let me understand what happened so that I can avoid that. Can you say amen in this place? Uh, verse number seven says uh, that sin is crouching at the door and is eager to control you. Uh, the first word I want to look at there is crouching. In the New Living Translation, it says crouching. In New King James, I believe it says it's laying at the door there. But I like the connotation that the New Living Translation gives. It is crouching. In this story, uh, listen, the guy that I spoke to about, spoke to about my friend, he says, listen, don't worry, I will wait. It gives you a picture of somebody that's just stalking, watching you. Every move you make, just stalking. It gives you a picture of some sort of lion or leopard or jaguar who's seen a a straggling deer and he's in the grass just waiting for his moment. How many listen, they they just don't just go run out willy-nilly. They wait for the perfect time, the perfect moment. So when you hear the Bible say sin is crouching, it gives you that understanding that the enemy is willing to wait and watch just in case you slip up or just in case you make a wrong turn. He's willing to wait there so he can take an opportunity and grab the unsuspecting prey. In the translation we read crouching at the door, sin lies at the door, meaning it is, uh, the simple behind this is that it is to lurk. The translation there is to lurk. And even when you say the word lurk, you get the idea of what's going on here. It's like there's a darkened alley and somebody's just waiting trench coat there it's cold waiting for you just to come and then pounce on you that's the connotation we get here and even when you say that you understand it gives you that kind of eerie feeling when somebody's uh, watching you somebody is waiting for you to make a mistake somebody's waiting for you to just trip up and fall you know I picked up a story of um, a US Navy SEAL in uh, uh, he fought in a uh, uh, the 
war in Iraq in 2003 and he was a sniper. They gave him a sniper rifle, told him to wait and encamp. He was there uh, and he left the war, I think, 2009. And in that time, he was deemed the most deadly sniper of all US history. Um, He says he would wait in certain locations, sometimes for hours. Sometimes he'll be waiting in locations for days to take out the target. Be waiting there patiently in the position ready to take them out. They could wait 24, 48 hours, uh, 36 hours they come in, but when when the shot was clear, pow, he'll take it. And the funny thing is, is that he was so successful that because of his patience, he was able to just sit there and wait. Um, he became the most deadly or, well, success, well, quote unquote successful. I don't know if you can call that successful or not. Killing people, I don't know if that's called successful, but he was the most deadly uh, uh, sniper in US history where he, uh, they said that he killed about 160 people. He counted himself, it was more like 255 he said he killed. Um, and can you imagine? That's one bullet at a time, just waiting, one bullet at a time. And uh, the Iraqis, they knew about him. And they gave him an interesting nickname. Can you guess what the nickname they gave him? The devil. (laughs) That's the nickname they gave him. Because he was willing just to wait. No matter how long it took, he was willing to wait. And when he had the opportunity, pow, he took it. They named him the devil. His name is Chris Kyle. He retired um, and he wrote a book about what it means to to be a sniper and all sorts of things. But the the point I'm making is they likened him to the enemy. They likened him to the devil. And in the book of Job, we get an insight to how the devil is and and how he works, how he functions. We know in the book of Job that it starts in verse number uh, six in chapter one. The Bible says, one day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. He's just watching, looking at people. He's attending church, looking at people. He's attending university, understanding what it is you're doing. He's attending uh, uh, parties, Christmas parties. Yeah, what's going on? How, how, are you, how are you functioning in the Christmas party this year? I mean, he's looking around and seeing what it is. The devil is willing to wait. And the problem is uh, if he is willing to wait on us longer than we are willing to wait on God. That's where the issue comes. If his patience is longer than our patience, there's a problem. Because the moment you give up, The moment you say this ain't working anymore, you've got someone saying, yes, I've been waiting for this. Sin is crouching at the door, waiting, ready for you to slip up. And you need to understand that, that God tells us that there is a blessing to people that are willing to wait on him. There's a blessing, there is a reward to having faith and waiting on him. Isaiah 4 and verse 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But like I said, if the devil has more patience than you, then watch out. Because sin is crouching at the door. God told Abraham, you're going to have a son. But his patience wore thin. And he started doing stuff in his own hand. He started uh, uh, taking wrong advice. Uh, Listen, 
God told Saul, you're going to be the first king, but the prophet told him, listen, just wait for me to come before you offer. Samuel said, wait for me to come before you offer the sacrifice. He couldn't wait. And therefore, because of that, the kingdom was torn away from him. Moses, the children of Israel and the Mount of Sinai, listen, all they had to do was wait for Moses to come back down from the face, from seeing God, but they couldn't wait. And because of that, their patience ran thin and they started worshipping some golden calf, saying, this is what brought you out of Egypt. Because they weren't willing to wait. Sin is crouching. The second part I want to look at is uh, sin is at the door. It is crouching, but it is crouching at the door. And this reason why it's significant, because in our text, God tells Cain that not only is sin waiting for you, it is lurking, it is waiting at your door. Think about that. It is where the picture of the door is where you see an entry point or where you see a, a gateway or it's an opening into your life. You know, to get into your house, you need to go through the door in order to uh, successfully come, go through. It's an opening. It's, it's, it's where you let things come in, you let things go out. So God is saying that the devil is not only waiting for you, he's waiting at the entry point. Do you have an entry point that is unguarded in your life? Do you have a point where the devil can just, yep, slip in right there? You know, one of the things I used to hate was, was door-to-door salesmen. I used to hate door-to-door salesmen. And there was a particular time in, uh, when, I, when I was at uni. They always used to come to our house. I don't know what it was. I don't know why they used to come to our house specifically. They would knock on the door. Listen, as soon as you open the door, that's it, game over. They'll just get you talking. They've got a way of words. They'll get you talking. They'll get you doing this. Get, uh, it's just, it's just, I just have to shut. Sometimes I just have to shut the door. Why don't I still just shut the door? Because it's just like, I'll be, I'll be there for ages. They'll try and get you in. Try and put their foot in the door. Mormons, the same thing. They'll try and get you in. Talk about this. Listen, I don't want to hear about that nonsense. Come on, man. But they're there at the door. As soon as you open up, there's a little entrance point to come in. Is there an opening in your habits? Is there an opening in your marriage? In your relationships? Is there an opening in your emotions? Is there an opening in your entertainment? Come on, sometimes I've got to throw that in some sermons. Because, hey, listen, let's side note. Entertainment is a pulpit. Did you know that? Entertainment allows people to preach. Everybody's preaching. It's not just me. <laughs> Everybody is preaching. Musicians are preaching. Actors are preaching. Come on, uh, magazines are preaching. Is that an opening in your life? You know, I'll give you a personal testimony. When I was uh, new in the faith, I was young. I, you know, there was t- you know there was things as a young man. I was in university. This thing, obviously, there's things you have to battle with, and uh, there's certain uh, um, lustful thoughts I had to battle with. Um, but I remember times I'll, I'll go to church and I'll come back. I'll flip on my movies as I usually do. I'll be watching movies and and doing this stuff. And, and I find the whole week uh, my mind is just tormented. I'm thinking, why am I thinking about these things? And what is this nonsense? What is this? filth going on in my mind I couldn't draw the link but I'll carry on I'll go to church come back flip on my movies I'll put off my it wasn't Netflix back then I don't know what it was back then but it was maybe DVDs or whatever uh, I'm showing my age but anyway I would do that and there would be torment again the whole week I'm torment thinking why am I battling with lustful force and, and then I made the connection somebody's been preaching to me other than my pastor come on now I had an opening in my life where I allow things to come into the windows of of my soul. And and come on, listen, it is a wise person that understands that whatever you let into the windows of your soul has an effect on you. 
I had to make some crucial decisions. I had to get rid of my TV. Hey, that's a big, if you knew me when I was young, that's a big thing for me. I had to get rid of it. I had to get rid of DVDs. I had to get rid of subscriptions because listen, I didn't want to have an opening in my life anymore. I saw the opening. Listen, when it's cold in my house, I go and see if the windows are open. I shut the windows. The first thing I do is I don't want nothing to come in there that I don't want. You need to protect that. We need to understand the devil is not only crouching, he's crouching right at that opening. Where's the opening in your life? Emotions, that was Cain's problem. Think about it. He was the first of the first. He was the first to be born of a woman. Think about that. He was the first older brother in history. So where did he get all this from? Where did he get the idea to kill from? I mean, he's never seen any movies. He never. Where did he get that from? Well, there was something boiling up in him. There was something boiling up inside of him. And it was his, it was his emotions that allowed the enemy to come and enter in and made him the first murderer. Where is the opening in your life? Uh, I think I've used this illustration before about flies. Who likes flies in this place? And that's right, nobody likes flies. Uh, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm like, Lord, why? I see this wonderful creation, but why flies? Like, what? what's the need for flies? Uh, and, and I find it funny in my household, because if, if you know my householder, um, uh, you know, you, if, would you come into my house, you best make sure you shut the door quick. Because my wife does not like, even even this small fly, one fly in the house, listen, everybody's on lockdown until that fly is dead. <laughs> she said, absolutely not. <laughs> Summertime, the kids go out to play, they shut the door when you go out. And she just raising up because she don't like flies. Because she says, listen, flies land in doo-doo and they come into my house and they land on my fruit and what, you're swimming to and She don't like flies. So if you come to my house, listen, come shut the door behind you. Otherwise, you're going to have my wife to deal with. Can you say amen in this place? But just like flies, they're looking for that entry point. They're looking for that door to come in. They're looking for that. That's what the enemy does. He's able to see, okay, there's a door, there's a window open, there's a cracker. There's something there. I'm going to come in and infiltrate. And we've got to beware of that. You see the scandal on, the picture of the scandal on is like a trap. It's like a, a, a trap that's been covered over. You know, they, they dig pits. You know, in the Vietnam War, um, you know, the USA, they went to Vietnam. The Viet Cong used to fight some terrible tactics. One of the things they used to do was lay booby traps. Uh, one of the ones they used to use was called the punji stick booby trap. They would dig a hole and they would sharpen bamboo sticks and they'll put it in the hole and they would cover up the hole with like leaves and, and branches and stick like that. So you could be just walking. No problem. And a drop like this level, you'll be walking, you'll drop down straight and be impaled on sharpened bamboo sticks. That's the picture of a scandalon. The scandalon is like a trap. It's a snare. It is something that is set for you. The enemy has set traps for you, literal traps for you. And we need to understand that we need to be wise so we understand how to navigate that and move away from all the problems. You see, we need to be radical with sin because sin will be radical with us. Can you say amen? You need to make some decisions in your life to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to safeguard my life. I'm not going to go certain places. I'm not going to do certain things. Listen, I'm not going to be speaking uh, at certain times of the night. It's something when, when it starts to click past 10, 11 o'clock, something happens. Come on now. 
I made decisions. Hey, hey, listen. Hey, uh, when I was when I was engaged, listen. Uh, it comes at time. It's okay. Click. God bless you. We ain't speaking no more. Because once it hits 10, 10, 11 o'clock, something changes. The atmosphere changes. You know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Something shifts. Come on now. You need to make sure. Beware of the scandal on. <laughs> Dear Lord God, help us. Eh? <laughs> I want to look at the third point here, the third point in our life. So sin is crouching. Sin is crouching at the door, but also sin is eager. From our text, we see that sin is waiting at the door, but it is eager. The Bible says it is eager. And the word eager literally means there is an intense desire. There is a longing. Sin is eager to trap you. Sin is eager to take you out. It is eager to, to, to make you fall. It is eager to take you down a path. The picture of the eagerness reminds me of when Joseph was, uh, was hounded day after day by his master's wife saying, lie with me, lie with me. She was eager to take him out. That's a picture. That's a characteristics of sin is eager. And we need to battle this each and every day. We need to say, listen, uh, whatever has happened in our life, we need to know that something or someone wants to take me out, but I'm not going to let that happen. Jesus paid a price for me and I am now his. I belong to him. So I'm going to battle on because Jesus' blood is precious. Can you say amen in this place? Bad news. Now it's time for good news. You see, because when we examine our text, uh, we notice that there is not only the thing that God said to Cain. He says, listen, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Verse number seven, you will be accepted if you do what is right. So we should just do the right thing. God in his infinite wisdom created us with knowledge. In other words, he gave us a, a conscience. And the word conscience means a, a with science or with knowledge. God has put it in your heart. The law, the Bible says, is written on your heart. So when your conscience is pricking you, don't ignore it. You know, you get that gut feeling, mm, I shouldn't be here. That gut feeling, mm, maybe I shouldn't speak to you in that way. Listen, don't ignore it. Because how many people sometimes can, can ignore that and, and shut that down and to their own peril they go like a lamb to the slaughter. Romans 2 verse 14, 16, Bible says, Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. And this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming when God through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. God is saying, you know what's right. God is saying deep down, you know what's right. Don't come and ask, oh, is it okay if I do? Listen, you know what's right. You don't need a preacher to tell you uh, that certain things are wrong. You know deep down. Uh, so listen, Bible saying pay attention to the conscience. Pay attention to that. Otherwise, uh, sin is crouching at your door. And it's eager for you. I want to look finally with you as we begin to wrap this up. Uh, that sin can be subdued. You say amen in this place. It's not the end of the story. You don't have to be taken out. 
You don't have to be one of those stories, those issues. It doesn't have to be on the newspaper. Oh yeah, this person was serving God. There was this, there was that. There was the praise and worship leader. There was the media leader. There was the head usher. There was whatever. They used to do this and, and now this doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen that way. Verse number seven says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But, everybody say but. But you must subdue it and be its master. Now, God doesn't tell us to do things that we're not able to do. In other words, he's saying that you have the power or I can give you the power to subdue something. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome. Can you say amen in this place? By the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the one that now lives in you, you are able to walk and subdue sin. Come on, you're able to take the promise that he gave us from the very beginning when he says, go and subdue the earth. Listen, take that promise, take that authority and subdue sin and be its master. Don't be a slave to sin, but be the master of sin. Come on now. Bible says he who commits sin then becomes the slave. No, you are to be the master, the ruler over sin. And the good news is that by the power of his spirit, you can be the ruler over sin. Can you say amen? It's such a travesty to see when people fall. But listen, that doesn't have to be your testimony. That doesn't have to be your future. Listen, when Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit to be tempted or to be tested, he was able to come out the other end and the angels, the Bible said, ministered to him. So you don't have to fall when the devil tempts. You don't have to fall. Yes, he could be lurking for you, waiting for you. But how many know you're not going to fall as long as you hold on, you Build your life on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Can you say amen in this place? Is if somebody comes to you saying, listen, I'll wait for you. Just tell them, listen, you'll be waiting for eternity because my soul belongs to Christ and I'm not giving it to anybody other. You can stand there and wait if you want. You're going to be waiting a long time because I am going with my Savior. Don't let no woman come and tell you, come and flatter you with, with compliments. Hey, side note, another side note. Listen, compliments. <laughs> Beware of compliments. I don't know why I had this food. It's maybe it's the Spirit of God. Beware of compliments. Somebody's up to you. I'm speaking to the men right now. Somebody's up to you. It's not your wife or not this. And they just, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> you're so strong. <laughs> oh, could you open this? You've opened, oh, my goodness. Please, man. Come on. Beware of compliments. Can you say amen in this place? Beware of the scandal on. <laughs> Hey, I remember somebody come up to me, had the audacity, I think my wife was there at the same time, had the audacity to say, you have wonderful eyes or beautiful eyes. I said, hey, I said, yeah, my wife thinks so too. God bless you. Hey, just brave like that. All day, yay. I'm surprised Keisha didn't get up and just roll up her sleeves. Eh? <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Beware the scandal on. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why I said that. Maybe, hey, if I, I just said that, hey, take that to the heart, seal it, put it to the bank. Amen. God bless you. Because <laughs> people try to take you out. People are willing to wait. You could be there married for years. I, it's so sad when I hear people that haven't been married for over 10 years and then it all explodes over some scandal. Oh, man. It just gives you a picture that the enemy is willing to wait, willing to bide his time. 
What you need to do is have more patience than him. And let's wait on God and realize that God can be our savior. And with his power, we can, we can subdue and, and overcome. And we don't have to be a statistic. We can be aware of the trap that the enemy sets before us. And we can move aside and carry on. Can you say amen in this place? And we can have a testimony that will last, that will test the time. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for people. You know what I love? I love seeing people that have been serving God for 10 20, 30 years and they're still on the same track still married to the same spouse saying Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour listen that is going to be my testimony listen until I drop dead until Jesus Christ takes me home I'm going to fight to continue on in this pathway who's with me in this place you say amen come on now thank you Jesus because we're heading somewhere can you say amen and I want to be counted in that number when the saints go marching in. Listen, I want to be in that book. Oh, when they're there, when the book is opened, I want my name to be right there. Can you say amen? Oh, I want to hold a testimony to say, I fought the good fight. Oh, I want to win the race and say, Lord Jesus, I've given my life to you. Oh, you know what? What, what, what shocked me again? Uh, Whitney Houston. Who remembers Whitney Houston? She sang a song. I can't remember the name of the song this time. And she, in, in the lyrics, she said something which is sadly untrue but it should have been a testimony she says uh, something along the lines of uh, when I get to heaven when I see his face uh, and she's and he'll say what did you do with your life and she said I spent it with you now that's a nice thing to say but that wasn't true in her case but we want that to be true in your case we want that to be true in our case that when we get to heaven Jesus can say well done Good and faithful servant. You don't want to be a statistic. You want to have a testament. Can you say amen in this place? Uh, beware of the scandal. Let's give him praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Father. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Uh, beware of the scandal on. The trap. The snare. Hmm. Bible sin. Sin is crouching. At the door, and is eager to control you. The enemy is is willing to wait. The enemy is set a stumbling block before you. But under the sound of my voice, listen, you don't have to be caught in the trap. You don't have to stumble over this stumbling block. You don't have to be a statistic. You can hold on to the testimony. Only if you are wise. And if you make right choices and right decisions. Close any doors that have opened. Any opportunities. Any windows that are left open. Any doors. Any access for the enemy. You know, the Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. He has no power other than which you give him. He can't force his way in. He can only be let in. So today we're going to shut the door and keep the door bolted. 
We're going to guard our hearts of all diligence. And it's something we need to do continually. We have not, we've not made it yet. Paul has said, I have not made it. I've not apprehended yet. I've not to, uh, crossed the line yet. But I press on. I continue on. We're still in this fight. And we should never lose sight of that. You know, the worst thing that can happen to me, and it can happen to you also, is that when you hear these terrible stories of people that failed and you know, you, you get all judgmental on your high horse, thinking, how could they do that? You know, the worst thing that can happen is when you think that couldn't happen to you. The moment you think that couldn't happen to you, it's a slippery slope. When I hear sad stories of people that have uh, fallen, I'm so sad. I'm thinking, man, I need to protect myself because that could happen to me too. Maybe you're here in this place and you don't know that you have left the door open or you've fallen foul to the tricks and the, 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 the scams and schemes of the enemy. And you don't know that your life is in his hands. You don't know that you're living a life that's going to end up in destruction. Maybe you're living on doing things that are against the will of God and you think that you can't break it and you're not sure, if you're honest with yourself, you're not sure that heaven will be your home. Listen, today is the day to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. Today is the day to get up and shut the door. Evict the enemy and shut the door behind him. If that's you, if you want to rededicate your life, you know that you've been living contrary and you want to come in. Listen, here's the opportunity to do that. Just raise your hand and I will personally pray with you and lead you in a prayer that you can invite Christ into your life, uh, that you can be made new, you can be transformed, and you can live by the power of the Spirit and no longer by the flesh. If that's you, put your hand up. Uh, I count it a privilege to pray with you. Every single service, I will do this. I'll give people an opportunity, an invitation. If that's you, you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior again, you want to come back home. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking to Christians in this place. Beware the scandal on. No matter how long you've been saved, this is a message that's relevant to you. No matter how long you've been coming to church, what you do in church, no matter how often you are here when the doors are open, listen, this message is relevant to you. Beware the scandal on. Greater people than you and I have failed because of this very issue. A trap was laid before them and they opened up and the enemy was able to ensnare them. We need to be serious with our lives. As we see the day approaching, we need to be even more serious. The places we go, the people we hang out with, the things we, we partake in, the, the, the things we consume, the, the, the things we watch, we listen to, we need to be even more serious as we see the day approaching when Christ will return. And we need to beware. Right now, when he makes some decisions uh, to solidify, there's people here that have the door firmly shut. You need to say, God, I'm going to continue to keep that door shut. 
There's people here that mess around, the doors open one day, shut one day. Listen, you need to make a decision to say, I'm going to shut it completely. There's people here, you have the door wide open. You're thinking, why am I going through these battles? Why am I going through these mind battles? Why, why am I uh, struggling and falling over the same sin? Because the door's open. Different types of people. What we're going to do, we're going to spend some time praying. Uh, we're going to uh, solidify our decisions. If your door's already closed and firmly closed, continue. Say, God, help me to continue to be aware. Keep this door closed. If your door is slightly ajar, listen, you need to uh, make a decision to say, I'm going to cut some things off. I'm going to uh, cut some, uh, some habits off. If your door is open and you're battling, you're going through repetitive sin, listen, you need to make some serious decisions before it is too late and you go and become a statistic. Come, let's spend some time praying. Let's ask God to give us the strength because by the power of his Holy Spirit, we're able to overcome these things. On our own, we can't do it. In our own strength, we can't overcome. But by the power of his Spirit, we can overcome. We can become more than conquerors. We can become victorious. Let's ask him to help us. Let's ask him to solidify these decisions in our lives. Father, we thank you, God right now. God, we're praying Father God, you would help us, God. Oh Lord, be wise, oh Father God. Lord, I'm praying Lord, you would help us, God, to stand, oh Father God, and guard our hearts, God. Guard our lives, God. You would help us, God, to be aware of what the, the enemy has planned for us, God. You would help us, God, in these last days, as the day approaches, God, to make decisions to say, God, I'm going to live a according to your ways and statutes. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, enter into us. Fill us afresh, oh God, that we're able by your power to overcome, by your power to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God, your will will be... Stand to our feet. We're going to dismiss in a word of prayer. Every so often you've got to preach a sermon like this just to remind us of the battle that we're in, the war that we're in. Ephesians uh, 6 talks about the armor of God and you would only talk about the armor of God if this was a warfare. And it is a war. Um, And uh, people, there's casualties. Don't end up on the casualty list end up on the, on, the, on the victor's list because we've already won the war. Can you say amen in this place? Jesus Christ has already done it, conquered. All we have to do is just make it through. He's already done. So end up in the victor's party. Don't end up in the casualties list. A statistic. Oh yeah. You know, another thing that's sad about serving God for any length of time is like, oh, where's, where's so-and-so? And everyone's like, Oh, where's Sister Sun? She used to sing so great. Where is she? Ooh. Uh, the brother. The brother used to play the key. Wait, where is he at? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, not this brother. Yeah. Another brother. <laughs> this one's got a mansion in heaven already. Can you say amen in this place? <laughs> amen. Uh, we want to make it to heaven. Can you say amen in this place? We need to beware. Let's be wise. Let's, let's hold on to Jesus. Ah, let's hold on to Jesus. And as we do that, uh, he will usher us in and we will be with him for eternity.
Father, thank you, Lord God, for this time. Thank you for this word, God. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ. God, you give us the wisdom, God, to be aware, to be wise. God, to be the man that you want us to be, the woman that you want us to be. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God, as we offer it all up to you, God, help us to navigate through life. God, if you would use our lives, help us to inspire others also, God, to do what you've called us to do. God, we thank you that you have already conquered death and we can be beneficiaries, God, of what you've already done. Lord, I pray, seal this word in our heart uh, and I pray for traveling mercies. We go to our various destinations uh, in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, um, amen, amen. God bless you. Uh.